0: The unlikely heroes. They faced Teridio the goat man and are still in one piece. That's quite an achievement, considering that Teridio is famous for eating the body parts of those who cross his path. I suppose the lucky three would be an appropriate name, but I have decided to call them the unbelievable three. One, because all the cool names like Magnificent, Fantastic and Notorious have been taken, and two, because they're, well, you can't believe a word they say. They're unbelievable. The Unbelievable Three, or the three for short, Ataka Takakino, or Tax, the charismatic leader, Rawiri, the trickster, or as I call him, Rawiri Tiki Tiki A Taranga, and last but not least, Mango, the heavy of the group. Now, I used to think that a heavy was just the muscle man in the gang who came down heavy on everyone. But when you see Mango, he's a big boy. Oh, and then there's me, Takakino's irritating little brother. I'm a nobody. I'm more like an irritating fourth wheel on the tricycle of evil. A few weeks ago, the three battled against the mighty Teridio, the king of the elves, over a bunch of grapes. Teridio was about to eat the three because they had eaten his grapes in the end. They were saved by a crazy, naked queer and a bag of half-eaten chips. Long story. The incident shocked the three to the core. They've now reached that moment when the bully disappears and what re-enters the world is slightly different. The three are having a debrief in their office, the boy's toilet. Why are offices always a toilet? No, maybe it's a pai thing. Hey guys, I've been thinking. Sounds dangerous. Thank you Hemor. It's Hemi. Whatever. Anyway, after an unpleasant close encounter with you know who, I have to ask, are we like that? You know, pick on the little guy? I thought it would be good to just take a moment and search inside our souls. Mango takes his shoe off and looks inside. I see. (sighs) Nothing. Exactly. So, solutions, ladies? Mango scratches his head and stops a kid walking in. (laughs) Squish our treats! Understanding the code, i.e. hand it over or I'll sit on you, the kid reluctantly pulls a packet of chips out of his bag, hands it to Mango and walks straight back out again. The three grab a chip each and chomp down, slowly contemplating the question. Oh, chicken flavour. Whoa, a bell just went off in my head. An epiphany, a sudden cognizant realisation. The boys look at Mango like you would if your dog just started speaking. Mango shrugs. Hey, I read stuff. You can read? So the whole me, Mango thing? Mango wiggles his finger. A cunning ruse, my friends. Mango, stop swearing. Hey, there it is again. That's not in your head, Mango. And that's not a normal bell. That's the fire alarm. Come on, we got to cruise. Meeting adieu. When the boys get outside, they see a strange black mushroom cloud coming from the dark forest. Even though the fire is a fair distance away, the school is taking the cautious approach. A fire engine shoots past at 100 miles an hour, then another, followed by a police car, and then another fire engine. The kids give the appropriate whoops and wows. do Akino's finest might need our assistance, gentlemen. Hangi, I need you to make a distraction. For the last time, it's hear me. And what do you want me to do? Dress up and drag and do the hula? Hell no. Run past Ms. Hathaway naked she'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We want distracting, not disturbing. Look, I'll take care of it. Tux sees that Ms. Hathaway is assembling all the kids on the field, and Tux knows that the garden sprinklers, the common ones, are still on the field after the weekend. And with a simple swish of the wrist, Tux turns on the sprinklers, sending hundreds of jet streams of water, cascading in all directions. The boys watch Ms. Hathaway and all the kids running frantically in panicked circles, crashing, slipping, and flipping all over the place. After rolling around in laughter, the three take off before one of the other teachers turns up. They take the shortcut through the harakeke bushes at the back of the school towards the dark forest. The boys head down an old pathway that leads into a gully. They cross over a huge log that acts as a bridge of sorts over the stream. They climb up a small bank and into the forest. It's not long before the boys get to the spot from which all the smoke is emanating they walk into a large circular clearing, which has obviously been recently burnt. Where the heck is everybody? Yeah, shouldn't there be, like, fire engines and firemen everywhere? Yeah, there should be, but that's not what's odd. I point to a large tree, still intact, in the dead centre of the clearing. The boys move cautiously towards the tree. It's an old Kaikōmako tree that is strangely untouched from the fire. It stands over 10 meters, is as wide as it is tall, and is fully covered with leaves and small flowers. Hang on, I want to check something. I scale the tree quickly, nearly to the top. Then I rotate around the trunk until I'm back to where I started. Far out, just what I suspected, look. What are we looking at? The rest of the forest is untouched just this circle. So? That makes this tree ground zero. So? So it should have burnt like the others, a pile of cinders. But it's not. I seriously don't like where this is going. We should get out of here. Agreed. Agreed. No sooner are those words spoken, than the Kaikomako tree begins to shake, as if it is being throttled. I descend quickly from the tree, and I've thrown the last few meters to the ground below. I land on my feet, but stumble to my knees. All the branches are shaking furiously. The leaves and flowers are falling, forming huge piles on the ground. I shuffle backwards through one of the huge piles. In no time at all, the tree is completely bare. The tree shudders, and smaller branches fall away, revealing the clear outline of a giant creature hidden within the tree. It twitches unnaturally. The trunk and branches pulse like blood is being pumped through its vines. I definitely don't like where this is going. Agree. Twigs at opposite ends of the tree flex, forming gigantic claws. The claws reach up and peel away the bark, which bears an eerie resemblance to skin. Blowing away the outer layer, a face is slowly revealed. The face holds an expression of pain. It grimaces, and where its mouth and lips should be is a gaping darkness. From that yawning maw, something putrid and foul crawls out. Maggots. Gross, white, wriggling maggots. The face has a moko and other whakairo etchings over the eyes, the temple, and around the mouth. ignites in the center of the creature's forehead. The fire spreads, igniting the tahamoko as it travels through the carvings, down the body, lighting up each area as the fire spreads. The neck, the breasts, the stomach, and finally Pūhoro on the legs. The creature's eyes slowly open. She blinks, drumming, stretching. The eyes burst into black flames. There are long vines that look like huge dreadlocks. They swing and sway, brushing the forest floor. The creature shakes its massive head. Maggots, spiders, and beetles go flying, hitting the ground and then scuttling off into the underbrush. The creature makes a noise. possible sound coming from the creature. We're all terrified, speechless, and filled with a cold, sweaty dread. The creature stretches, the branches crack like whips. The creature inhales, and the air somehow fills with the sound of tortured screams. A voice that sounds like a thousand screaming souls speaks. Mahuika! How are you speaking English? Why are you speaking at all? Mango Wax tucked shoulder. <laughs> She's got a good point. Well, if it helps any, and if you are mahuika, then we kind of know you, cause we're Maori. Maui, is that you, mokopuna? Is this one of your new forms? Me, Maui. Ah, Maui, I have a gift for you. No mau aku tamariki, koite. Mahuika lifts her claw-like hands in front of her face. The littlest finger on her claw hands bursts into flame. <laughs> in fact, I have many gifts for you. Manama, koala, maafere, Ignite one at a time until all fingers on the right hand are alight. These are no ordinary flames. These are six foot tall, human sized, and human shaped flames. Each flame is like its name. Ko nui is wider than the others, Kōroa longer, and Kōwiti shorter. Mapere, the flicking finger, is literally flickering and is flicking back and forth between its siblings. Manoa is pulsing rhythmically as heartbeats do. There's only five, right? Like like the Kohanga song, right? Konui, Mapere, Koroa, Manoa, koiti, Hei Ha. <laughs> ma screeches madly and sings. <laughs> at the same time in a brilliant burst of fire. Now there are ten six-foot-tall, human-sized, and human-shaped flames, all pulsing and twitching erratically. At the center stands Mahuika, a creature of dread and horror, laughing maniacally. Raudi, eyes wide with fear, utters two, hopefully not his last, words. Big mouth be continued. Pakikehua, he mea tuku na te wānanga o Aotearoa, a na te māngai pāho toko. Toko. Pakikehua, brought to you by te wānanga o Aotearoa with funding from te māngai pāho.